I almost think of Notion as closer to a blog platform than a note-taking tool because what Notion lets you do is create very nice finished products. Roam mostly just makes you lets you create like ugly collections of information, right? It's like not a very pretty tool and it's not something that <laughs> is going to make sense to anybody besides yourself, but it gives you so much more freedom to like create productive insights. This is Ari Mizell from lessdoing.com and you're listening to my friend Ash Roy on the Productive Insights Podcast. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to www.productiveinsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. Welcome back to the Productive Insights Podcast. This is Ash Roy, the founder of ProductiveInsights.com and the host of the Productive Insights Podcast. And today I have a very special guest. His name is Nat Eliason. He's the founder of the marketing agency Growth Machine. Nat teaches a popular course called Effortless Output. Now, this course teaches you how to use a certain software called Roam, which I've been playing with for the last few months and I've absolutely fallen in love with. Nat has published his notes from over 250 books He's a prolific reader. And if you're curious, then you should join his mailing list, which has over 25,000 people. I look forward to receiving his Monday medley email each week. I'm delighted to welcome Nat Eliason from growthmachine.com. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Ash. Thanks for being on, man. So Nat, let's talk a little bit about this awesome piece of software called Rome Research. And we will be sharing more information on the show notes about this. But if you would like to purchase Nat's course, which actually takes you very comprehensively through the Rome Research program or software, I should say, head over to productiveinsights.com forward slash Rome, spelled R-O-A-M. What Rome essentially does is it helps you to research and organize information effectively. But more importantly, I think it's a powerful way to resurface your own previous research and have these happy accidents where you can synthesize and collate your previous ideas and come up with new understandings of your previous thinking using these intersections. Nat, would you like to tell us a bit about how you see Rome research? I'm sure you can put it far more eloquently than I did. So I discovered Rome because I've been interested in the personal knowledge management space for a while. I've been a fan of Tiago Forte's work and his Building a Second Brain course. And I had been using a combination of Evernote and Notion for my personal knowledge management up until finding Rome at the end of last year. You mentioned how I've done the 250 plus book notes. I've always been interested in kind of trying to record my notes and takeaways from things that I'm reading and consuming and had not found a tool that felt like a perfect fit. Evernote was definitely a workable solution. You know, the nice thing about Evernote is it is fairly bare bones and simple. And so you can organize it to whatever structure fits your needs. But uh, I didn't like the filing cabinet nature of Evernote. I think it made it hard to create more intuitive relationships between information. And so when Rome came along, it was super compelling to me because the fundamental unit in Rome is a page or like a, a note that you might take. But every note can be kind of infinitely interlinked and webbed to every other note in your database. So 
whereas Evernote and to a lesser extent Notion encourage uh, vertical hierarchies of storage where a note goes in a folder, which goes in a folder or something lives in a database or, you know, a page of pages. Rome is much more fluid and I think emulates a bit better how our brains work, where we don't we don't file information in our brains. We relate it to other information. And what Rome does a great job of is encouraging you to relate every bit of information you add to it to any other piece of information in your database. So whether that's a, you know, notes from a book, notes from an article, topics to bring up on a podcast, it makes it very easy to one, connect new knowledge to old knowledge. And two, like you mentioned, to resurface old knowledge, either things that you have done in the past, things you've read in the past, things you might've forgotten about. And for somebody like me who does a lot of writing and who has a weekly newsletter that's kind of rounding up interesting things that I've read and whatnot recently, it's extremely powerful for resurfacing past thoughts and past work and kind of connecting ideas together over time. Two phrases that really stood out to me that I want to emphasize in what you just said. One was you talked about vertical hierarchies. And I agree that historically we have, as a society, tended to collate information in these hierarchies that go sort of top down, whereas Rome allows you to create these sort of lateral structures of connection, kind of like a tree and its branches, except it kind of loops back around and it's got reciprocal connections. It goes in both directions. And that makes it so powerful. I have been playing around with mind maps lately because I feel it almost mirrors the neural structure of the brain. And in fact, I have a nine-step business growth mind map, which a lot of my members in my membership program find very useful because it kind of puts all the information on one page and then it allows you to drill deeper into wherever you want to go as opposed to just showing you one bit and then you go to the next bit and the next bit. By the time you've gone down to the fourth level, you've kind of forgotten the first level. There is a place for that, but I just like the fact that Rome allows you to straddle many levels of hierarchy in a flat structure. Yeah, I think it's true. It's nice that you're not constrained by the filing cabinet folder structure, right? My, my biggest gripe in the past with filing cabinet styled organization is that something can't live in multiple places. But if you have the notes from a book, right, like, I don't know, I've got anti-fragile right here, right? Like if you have your notes on anti-fragile, you couldn't put that in a folder on uh, risk and in a folder on finance, but it relates very deeply to both of those categories. And you can do page level tagging in Evernote and in Notion if you're using a database structure. But what's you know extra cool with Rome is that you could do tagging and interrelations on like the block level. And a block is basically like a bullet point. It's a paragraph of information or a paragraph of text. So there might be ideas in a book or in an article that relate to tons of different uh, topics throughout your database. And you can relate each of those sub pieces of that article or book into all of its composite areas without having to like add 100 tags to the top of the article and then have to dig through it to figure out where that tag was relevant. Right. Like. I think this is where there's a lot of, or on the surface, the ideas of tagging and linking in Rome seem to seem to be trivial and exist in other apps. But once you dig into them and use them, there really isn't another tool quite like it that does that kind of interrelating of all the information that you've stored in it. So that was the second point I wanted to draw out from what you said earlier on. And 
it was essentially that ability to tag and interrelate the information. It's very hard to explain this on a podcast episode because it is so conceptual. This is even more powerful than your traditional tagging methods. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. And could you articulate to our listeners why it's more powerful than your standard tagging? Well, I think in traditional tagging, it's on the page level. So you might have the page on the book Anti-Fragile, and then you tag that page with, say, finance, risk-taking, health, whatever. Uh, The difference with how Rome structures information is that you can add those tags and relationships on each individual paragraph within the note. So there might be a few paragraphs that relate to health, and you could tag those as health, but you don't have to tag the entire book as health. So later when you're on your health page and you want to see everything that's been tagged as being related to health, you're only seeing the most relevant information from anti-fragile in this case. You're not just like getting the whole book and having to go through the whole book again and figure out what was relevant to the topic you're now looking at. So it lets you get way more specific in how you relate chunks of information to other chunks throughout your database by really taking like the paragraph or the block of information as the atomic unit versus Evernote or Notion, which uses the page as the atomic unit. Um, So Rome lets you get much more specific in your targeting and interrelating than any of those other popular note-taking tools. That's brilliantly articulated. Thank you. Let's compare Rome then to another tool called Notion, which uses a similar idea around page creation and that lateral linking between various pages, except it sort of tends to use a tabular format and it has slightly different capabilities. How would you distinguish Notion from Rome? Yeah, Notion is a very good like shared wiki. So I use Notion quite a bit for sharing documents and processes with like the team at my marketing agency. And then with Amanda, who I work with on all of my personal site stuff. So we use Notion a lot for like organizing wiki style information because it's very good for groups. But Notion's not good for individual knowledge management because it's too heavy. It's too much like effort to add and manage information in it. And it doesn't have the block level relating and organizing that Rome allows. Notion's atomic unit is still the page like I was talking about before. So what it is really good at is creating final pages. I almost think of Notion as closer to a blog platform than a note-taking tool because what Notion lets you do is create very nice finished products. Rome mostly just makes you lets you create like ugly collections of information. Right? It's like not a very pretty tool and it's not something that <laughs> is going to make sense to anybody besides yourself, but it gives you so much more freedom to like create productive insights like with <laughs> things that you've been reading, studying, adding to your database. So it's kind of just like different tools for different goals, right? If I want to very clearly structure some information for sharing with a team so that anybody could like open something up, look at it, understand it, and then do what's on the page, Notion's way better. If I want to like work through my knowledge graph and, you know, explore the things I've read and try to come up with some new ideas or work on a new article, then Rome is a much better tool for the job. That's brilliantly put. I think Rome is messier, but it appeals to the more creative type, certainly does to me, than Notion, which is a nicer finished product, but it doesn't have that flexibility. I'm going to try and share with our listeners and our viewers. If you're watching this on YouTube, that's great. If you're not, I recommend doing that. You can go to youtube.com forward slash productive insights to check out this episode. What I did in the last three or four days in terms of using Rome was I just created a list of the various projects I'm working on. I created a page for projects. So what you do in Rome is you just put two square brackets around the word projects and now you have a page. 
for projects. I said projects for my team members and I put two square brackets around the two words team members and that created another page for team members. But now I can very deftly jump between projects and team members and I can switch between the two pages so I can almost think, oh, but I need to create another project and I want this particular team member to work on it. So I click on team members and in the team members page, I have four of my team members in there and I have a page for each of their names. And then I have each of those team members with their role definition. So podcast coordinator is one and that has a page for it as well. What makes Rome so easy to use though, is I can just create it in my natural language text. All I need to do is put two square brackets around those words. And it's almost like I'm reading a sentence, but each bit in that sentence takes me into a page that is another entity unto itself that allows me to then embellish that sub-entity, but then jump back to the main page, if that makes sense. Can you help me out? (laughs) How am I going? (laughs) I think it's going to be hard for anybody just listening to visualize it. I mean, I've got some good videos on this. Like if if you're listening and you're thinking like, what the hell are they talking about? Uh, (laughs) If you search... If you search like Nat Eliasson, what's so great about Rome? I've got a good video and article that I think explain this fairly clearly. Oh, yes. I remember reading that. I recommend it. And I'll link to that in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think that that's helped a lot of people kind of like see the organized chaos that you can have by investing in it for a while, because it is one of those tools where when you first start using it, it's sort of like, you know, what the hell is going on here? Like, why are people <laughs> excited about this? This is just like a bulleted list but then you start using it more and you kind of start to understand the power of it and like oh then it gets more exciting so seeing what you can kind of do with the developed database i find helps a lot of people have that aha moment where they want to invest in actually getting it set up and i think part of the reason that the course has done so well is that there is a very high return on learning how to use the tool but there's a very steep learning curve so if you can you know shortcut it with good education and Rome really doesn't have any onboarding right now. I'm sort of part of the onboarding in some ways. So if you can skip some of that learning curve, that's like pretty high value. And I think that's why a lot of people like yourself chose to go through the course. So let's talk about the course, because I really found the course to be excellent. I think you've articulated some very difficult to articulate concepts, particularly the more recent one that I did. I've done both your courses, but the one with a capstone project in it. Could you tell us a little bit about the course and who it would help the most and how they can find out more about it? Full disclosure, I am an affiliate on this particular course. So you can buy the course through my link and you can go to productiveinsights.com forward slash Rome to buy the course, R-O-A-M. You can also get a link within the show notes and that will be available at productiveinsights.com forward slash 205. That will be all the show notes for this episode with Nat. Coming back to you, Nat, can you tell us a bit about the course and how someone who signs up for the course will benefit from it? Yeah, well, I think that it's actually worth taking a step back first and thinking about like the value of some of these tools, right? Because Rome is like a very nerdy attracting tool like it, it it's very compelling to people who really geek out about productivity software and like no taking tools and they want to play on the fringe of what you can do with those i had this tweet a week or two ago that was kind of like a little incendiary in the rome community where i said something to the effect of like if you're playing with all of the brand new features that come out and writing these like crazy advanced queries or whatever you're probably not using rome for like that. what it's supposed to be used for yeah uh <laughs> And my my point of that is that a lot of people will play with productivity tools 
as a way to trick themselves into being productive or it was as a way to trick themselves into feeling productive. If you go into Evernote and like organize all of your notebooks, you feel like you got something done, but you probably didn't. Uh, and at the same time, if you're like writing these crazy advanced queries in Rome to surface information, you might feel like you're getting something done, but you know, what did you actually like publish? What did you actually create? All you did was play around with your tools. It's, it's the same thing as like, you know, guys who buy like a big fancy pickup truck to show off to other guys, but who aren't actually like doing any construction work, right? You can geek out on the tool without ever actually using it for its intended purpose. You know, what I what I really try to focus on is like not doing any of the crazy fringe stuff. Like my goal and the way the course is structured was like, you're using this so that you can hopefully be more creative and do more with the things you are reading, learning, consuming, interested in, studying, whatever. So the, the point of this is just to help you set up a system to capture information on topics you're interested in, relate all of that information to everything else you've ever studied on that and related subjects, and then use your new collection of interrelated thoughts to produce new works. And that's kind of the like overarching structure that it's built around because I like in some ways I have failed if somebody comes in and all they do is just like dump a bunch of notes in their database and like feel super organized, but never do anything with it. Right. The point is to create something, whether that's starting your podcast or organizing your interview notes for the next 10 episodes or, you know, maybe somebody wants to launch a business or they just want to write a few articles or whatever it is. If you're not actually using the tool to produce something, then you're just, you're goofing off, but like giving yourself a gold star anyway. So what I've tried to do is kind of be the bridge between the Rome curious and the Rome, not even power user, but like proficient user. I think there's a lot of people creating good material on the power user side on the like, okay, you know how to use it. Now here's how to do like some crazy advanced query stuff. And like, that stuff's really neat, but it's not how you get more people interested in the tool. What I try to focus on is like, all right, you've heard this thing is cool. You've heard that a lot of, you know, successful, productive, whatever people are now using this to structure their thoughts and work. But how do you get from like curious to functionally using it for a couple hours a day? Like I and a lot of my peers now do. Uh, and that was sort of the goal I was going for. Um, so yeah, when you took like, when you took V1 of it, that was very hacked together. It was just like, here's a bunch of videos on how to use different parts of it, right? Like here's how to, you know, do like relations and queries and filters. And that was good because there wasn't that much out there like that when I did it. But now, I mean, you can find all of that stuff on YouTube, right? Like a lot of it or some of it, honestly, just like basically straight up copied from my course. They were like, oh, well, like Nat's charging people to learn how to use it. I can teach people how to use it for free. And so, you know, they just put it all on YouTube for free, which like it's bound to happen, right? If you're just curious of like how some of the functions work, you can find that on YouTube. But if you actually want the whole like going from, okay, discovering it, storing information, relating information, creating stuff with it, that was what I really wanted to design this one around. And then doing the live sessions, you know, which you joined for was a lot of fun because- yeah. I'd never done that before. Uh, that was totally new to me. But having people on live to like ask questions for me to show stuff to and talk about what their challenges were was pretty interesting. I think the other thing that was interesting about it was I think like most of the people who were in it were like you and they had taken the first version yeah. and they were there almost for like a refresher or yes. an advanced course. And there were significantly fewer people who had not taken the first version. So that kind of surprised me and I had to like rejigger a lot of the plans I had for the live lessons. Yeah. 
And so maybe in the future I'll do something else where I do like an advanced Rome live thing, right? It's like, all right, you went through V1 or you went through V2 of like the, you know, here's how to use it. Now here's how you like get really advanced with it. Because um, I feel like there could be some interest in that from the existing cohort of students as well. But it's just been like a, a good experiment, like journey, figuring all of this stuff out and like how to do a good online course. And now obviously partnering with Tiago and being part of Forte Academy. It's all been pretty cool. Two things I want to mention to your points. One is in episode number five, I think it was, 200 episodes ago with a guy called Jake Hauer. He said, the best software is a software you actually use. And I really liked that phrase. And I think you've made that point with Rome. But the other thing I also want to say is, you know, in episode 200, I spoke to Seth Godin on the Productive Insights podcast. And we talked about how to dance with fear in that episode. And I think as people, we tend to often dance around the problem. One of the ways we hide from launching is by tinkering on the edges of software and think we're busy, but we do busy work, but not actually shipping what we should be shipping. And as you articulated in your story, often the insights come only after you ship. So after you did version one, that's when you got the insights about how version two is going to be better. And I'd like to say that that was awesomely better than version one. Version one was a great start, but version two was just like, I am so glad I signed up. A lot of this learning I'm realizing doesn't happen in here. And I'm pointing to my head if you're listening to the audio. (laughs) Um, But rather it happens out there somewhere between you and the market. That's one of the biggest insights I have had over the years. And I have it over and over and over again. If you're using Rome to get to output, that's great. Then it's working for you. If you're using Rome to feel that you're really super smart and clever, That may be a good thing, but that may not be what you're trying to achieve. If your objective is to be more productive and to put more meaningful work out there, then you probably want to be using it and asking yourself, well, how much is it helping me to get to my results? Speaking of which, you have an agency called Growth Machine. So I'd love to know more about your agency and how you've used Rome to grow the Growth Machine. Yes. So Growth Machine is an SEO and content marketing agency. So we work with a mix of like e-commerce and consumer tech startup or companies to manage their like blog production and a lot of their SEOs. So, you know, names we've worked with people probably know Yelp, Adobe, uh, QuickBooks, Brex, Kettle and Fire, Four Sigmatic, like a decent number of big names Um, and kind of like helping all of them figure out that part of their strategy. So I started that in fall of 2017. So I've been doing it for about three years now. And that's kind of like my main day job when I'm not, you know, talking about Rome or doing podcasts or figuring out YouTube. Yeah, I mean, using Rome for it, honestly, most of the day to day stuff at Growth Machine, we are doing in Asana and Notion. Rome is just not that great for multiplayer yet. It's not that good for collaboration, working on stuff together. And like I said before, I think for a team wiki, for a team knowledge base, you need fairly finished products. You don't want like a complete mess and flurry that you would get in a Rome database. Like Notion is actually a little bit better in that situation. So, you know, I'm using Rome for outlining my personal projects at Growth Machine or the higher level things that I'm working on or high level strategy and things like that. But in terms of working with the team, not really using it that much at all, just because it's just not that great of a multiplayer tool yet. Same here. We're using Asana. No, Asana is fantastic for task management. Notion's great for wiki management. So again, it's like right tool for the right job. Forcing an awkward tool into another line just to like 
I don't know, be consistent to your productivity followers is like not a good <laughs> way to be effective. Right. And I like what you said, wiki management. I love that term. Managing your own ideas and trying to create creative abrasion or with yourself <laughs> or to have that the happy accidents, right. stumbling across ideas that you had six months ago that are related to what you're working on now is a fantastic way to use Rome to discover or rediscover content, which comes back to the concept of resurfacing, right? It's just a really powerful tool in that front. But when it comes to project management, we too, we use Asana and the collaborative elements of Asana so far have been unparalleled. We've used teamwork in the past, but I, I, we like Asana very much. It's a really good tool. Yeah. Okay, so what are the biggest challenges you've seen people face when it comes to adopting Rome research and what's the easiest way to overcome them? You know, I think that there's a few challenges people run into. One is just very opaque when you first open it up. Yes. You look at it and you go like, like, what the hell is going on here? Yes. Right. So you, you'd like heard that it's cool. And so you go try it out and there's just a bulleted list with basically no instructions on what to do to get started. And so that definitely is super confusing to people. And so if that's you, then checking out like some of the YouTube videos that I've done are probably really helpful. That course is awesome. Yeah, that's good too, right? It's like any of that material is going to be super helpful. The other bottleneck I see a lot of people run into is they've got a ton of notes stored in Evernote or Notion or something like that. And they're thinking like, oh my gosh, I've got 5,000 notes in Evernote. Like, how am I ever going to move these into Rome? And in my experience, it's not actually that big of a challenge because one, you probably don't need most of those notes. Uh, you're probably not really using or reflecting on many of them anymore. And you can kind of like use them on an as needed basis. So one thing that I tell people to do is just start with whichever Evernote notebook you're like most passionate about or you're most interested in and just bring over all the notes from that notebook and, you know, format them, relate them to each other, add tags, do all of that. And that'll start to help you see the value in building out your database by adding a bunch of information that's within one silo, right? Mm -hmm. So that that's going to help jumpstart it quite a bit. And then the other thing I say is, and then don't worry about most of the other information unless you think you'll use it in the next month or so. And what you can do is if you have a notebook in Evernote that's like, I don't know, it's about gun control, right? You can make a gun control page in your Rome database and then make a note to yourself on that page that you have untransferred notes in your Evernote database. And then if you ever are, if you ever end up on the gun control page in your Rome database in the future, you'll see that note that, hey, you have unmigrated notes in your Evernote database. Yeah. And then you go migrate them. So you wait until you actually need them. And then you bring over what's relevant then. You don't bring over everything now, assuming it's going to be relevant later. Because it very well might not be. And you could waste a ton of time and then end up never adopting the tool at all. So that that strategy helps a lot in my experience. Yeah, I agree. I think an iterative approach is the most sensible thing, especially when you're working with large amounts of data. Definitely, yeah. Because I've got maybe 3,000 notes in my Evernote, and I've probably only brought over four or 500 of them. I think that's one of the best pieces of advice you've given in that live course we attended. And there were lots of very valuable bits of advice. So let's talk about how listeners can find out more about you. And if there's anything else you'd love to add, we would love to hear that. No, I mean, I'm super active on Twitter. So that's where I'm always going to be fastest to respond. I'm just at Nat Eliason. So N-A-T-E-L-I-A-S-O-N. 
Yeah. Uh, I'll be really quick to respond there. Uh, like I mentioned, I've got a few like YouTube videos and things related to this stuff that you can check out. It's just Natalie on YouTube. You'll find me there. Maybe you'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but I'm doing more content there as well. I'm going to be, I'll probably release a video on migrating from Evernote into Rome and Notion into Rome because I get that question so much that it's really have like a video on how to do it. Yeah. So uh, you can check out the content there. My site is nataliason.com. You're seeing a trend here. It's just like Nataliason on anything. <laughs> um, I'm probably there. But like Twitter, Twitter and YouTube are definitely the most active right now. So um, yeah, if you have any questions about Realm, feel free to hit me up. And uh, you know, like Ash said, if you want to check out the course, you should definitely use his link. And uh, we'll you know both see you in the forum there. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for creating it, Matt. I really appreciate that. And maybe one day we should have a conversation about YouTube because I've been geeking out on that as well over the last few months, and I've been trying to figure out the algorithm and trying to get my videos to rank a bit more because I have so much video content now. So, yeah, maybe we can have a conversation about that one day. Definitely. I've been going deep on the YouTube stuff the last month, so I'm super excited about it, yeah.